Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode 174 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. And my name is Barbara. What's happening? Well, Barbara just got back from Ladies of the Mill. And the weekend before that, since we haven't recorded, we were also at Fun in the Sun. And actually, we saw real freaking people. And it was super amazing, awesome energy. I was at the Fun and Sun. I had to miss the ladies of the mill because of a family issue. But how was it? Was it amazing? Well, I'll just say this. It was an absolutely amazing event and an absolute shame that you couldn't make it. Oh, I know. Everybody was asking where you were. Bummer. Yeah. But for those who don't know, Ladies of the Mill is like a Facebook group of female lab owners, managers, technicians that said to themselves there's not enough females on stage and they wanted to do something about it. So they had their first summit and it was sold out at a time when many meetings are struggling to get attendees, as we all know. Yeah. I mean, sure. Me as a guy, we we were outnumbered, we were outnumbered, but we were very welcomed. This was not a female-only, men-are-terrible meeting, Uh, as some people called it before it even happened, Yeah, but it was a great, uplifting, and inspiring event for everybody. Cool. You would have soaked it up. I bet. And of course, I mean, you couldn't make it, but I was set up recording at the Preet booth and talked to a bunch of great attendees and vendors and speakers um, i can't wait to get it all together and release it later good, it, good, it was good. so great so many great stories so everyone do yourself a favor make a note to attend next year's ladies of the mill summit that they announced that again will be in chattanooga around the same time next year but of course we'll keep you posted here on the podcast super and chattanooga is a very small airport it's hard as hell to get out of. Uh-oh. A bunch of people got delayed. A bunch of people missed their yeah. connection flight. A lot of people from the summit were at the airport waiting for flights, and oh. it was a mess. And my good coworkers from Preet, they haven't even left Chattanooga yet. Oh, no, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. I know you got home at, like, what, 3 a.m. or some yeah. crazy time? I got into Chicago, and that was as far as they would take me, and my wow. wife picked me up. So. Aw, that was nice of her. Yeah. Cool. But yes, definitely, Barb, next year. Great, I'm there. Great, great, great meeting. I'm there. Yeah. And fun in the sun. I mean, just because it happened two weeks ago, it's still a great time. I got to Bourbon Street. Fantastic. Everyone talked about it. Everyone said I should go. I've now been. I don't need to ever go again. <laughs> and it smells like pee. It smells like pee. There's people laying in the street. Yeah. A lot of people begging for money. I'm, I'm kind of good. Yeah, not my jam. But I love yeah. it there and I had a nice time. And the best part was we got to celebrate a birthday with a good friend, Sean Nowak. Yes, sir. We all went out to dinner and had a great time, but I'm sorry, Sean, your idea of barbecue in Louisiana is not my idea of barbecue. (laughs) Just say it. It was different. I'll say that. Barbecue. (laughs) Why? It wasn't good? It was just not barbecue. They called it a barbecue shrimp po' boy. Oh, that's what I had. And it was okay. like liquidy, right? Yeah, it wasn't barbecue. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's yeah. not barbecue. I'm with it's, you. It was good. It's just not barbecue. Yep. So what's going on this week? Well, speaking of amazing ladies, Yay. this week we got to talk to a lady that is full arch killing it. I mean, absolutely killing it in the hybrid, all on implants, chair side conversion game. So we talk a lot on the podcast about the amount of conversions that labs do and their different techniques. But Dora Rodriguez is doing a ton of them. And amazingly, she created her own business where that is all that she does. She's so busy, she can't do anything else. Dora talks about working in Portugal at the Malo. Malo. Whoa, Malo. Malo? It's in Portugal. I don't think they care if you don't pronounce it right. I'm going to leave that in. That's my out. All right. Portugal at the clinic (laughs) where the all-on-four concept was born coming to the U.S. and adapting the skills she had to convert the workflow to utilize all digital restorations. It's amazing stuff that will blow away anyone interested in the full arch hybrid. So join us as we chat with Dora Rodriguez. 
Using 3D printed Denka temporary resin is the easy, fast, clean, and accurate way of creating natural looking temporary restorations using Denka temporary Crown and Bridge 3D print resin. This new temporary material is FDA cleared, biocompatible, photo curable, and can be printed super fast. That patient can be temporized with the highest quality temporary crown that lasts a minimum of one full year in the mouth. Denka Crown and Bridge Temporary features excellent lifelike aesthetics and shade matching capability with Vita shades A1, A2, A3, A35, B1, B2, and Pleach. Denka Temporary Crown and Bridge Resin is validated for use with the Asiga Max, Asiga Pro 2, Asiga Pro 4K, and the Whitmix VeraBuild printers. And it's also validated for the curing units Uvatron, Sunray 400, and Teleray 600, and the CureBox Plus. For more information, visit Whitmix.com. We appreciate your continued support of the podcast, Whitmix. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. We'd like to welcome to the podcast, Dora Rodriguez, with an S that I hear is the correct (laughs) way to do it, not a Z, it's an S, people. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. How about yourself? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Oh, yeah. And Barbara's here, too. (laughs) You're in New Jersey, correct? Correct, yes. And you have your own all-on implant lab. Yes. Am I understanding this? Yeah. And you work by yourself. Yes. I'm in the process of hiring right now. I can only imagine. That's got to be like the hardest thing. But before we get to what you're doing currently, how did you end up doing what you do? So I am from Portugal, small town right in the border with Spain. Mm-hmm. And I finished high school. I went to college to Lisbon to be a dental technician. So there was a program, a three-year program oh. uh, to be a dental technician. And three I years. applied three years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I applied, I got in and I did a program. I graduated in 2004. Oh my gosh, it seems like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisbon uh, in Portugal, that's where the Mala Clinic is. And for majority of people that are on the all for business know that Paulo Malo was the founder or developer of the all for treatment concept. Yeah. So at the time it was booming. So when I graduated, they were looking for people because they were so busy and I applied, I got in and I started working there. I still had two months of vacation right after college. I was like, no, no, I, I'm going to take two months. <laughs> <laughs> I need my time. Yeah, but yeah. I start, yeah, so I started working right away. And two years in, they wanted to go international. So they wanted to actually come to the United States. And they invited me to come. And that's how I ended up here. Initially, it was just six months. And I was like, okay, you give me a house, you give me a job. Why not? And never nice. been in the United States. It's going yeah. to be. <laughs> was this in New Jersey? It was in New Jersey, yes. Mm, there, there's better parts of America they could have sent you I to. I know, <laughs> I know. But the, we went actually to Mawa, New Jersey. That is a remote, uh, completely different place from Lisbon, mm-hmm. where I was oh, at. Oh, sure. And the reason that we went there is because it was right by the Nobel Biocare oh, Center. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why we end up there. It was very different. He took a while to adjust because I came from Lisbon, the party, the center, and then I went to Mawa. That was completely different. I bet. But <laughs> <laughs> it took a while to adapt. Uh, and actually, there was one point and probably two months in that I went to my boss and I cried. I want to leave because mm. I handle this anymore mm-hmm. you know i had my life in portugal in, in lisbon i had my friends i had my house and i honestly came just because my dad told me to go initially they said it's six months you're going to be fine it's almost like a mini vacation <laughs> sort yeah. of and i thought okay i can do that but then you know with immigration paperwork visa they said now you have to go a minimum of a year 
And I said, no, a year's too long. I can leave my life behind. This is not going to be, <laughs> it's going to be very hard for me. So I don't want to yeah. go. But my dad said, don't be stupid. You know, you go, they pay for it. So the, if you don't like it, you just buy your ticket back. Your job is still here. So mm-hmm. why not? Yeah. going to regret it if you don't do that. And, and thank God he did that because, you know, fast forward, what, 16 years later, <laughs> well, 11 years that, I, that I'm here in the U.S. now, I'm still here. So it was wow. my dad that kind of pushed me a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I want to go back a little way. So you said that you went to college for dental technology. Did you know like a technician or maybe your dad or somebody close to you that you would have chosen that skill? No, I actually had no idea what a dental technician was. <laughs> I wanted to be in the health department. Actually, I wanted to be a doctor. My uh, godfather was a doctor, so mm-hmm. he kind of pushed me to medicine. But my grades were not good enough. So I was like, okay, I need some health-related course. So what can I find? And I saw the dental technician program that was on the dentistry call. I don't even know what's it called, but the University of Dentistry. Mm-hmm. And they have their own, how can I say, they have their own uh, positions. If you apply for a course internally and then you want to switch, you have a position, uh, you have a way to kind of switch and make oh, it happen. okay. Yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I don't actually know how to. No, you explained you know. it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I thought, okay, maybe I'll just, if I don't like dental technology, I'll just switch and then I'll go from there. But uh, mm-hmm. I actually liked it and I did the course and it was pretty, see, uh, I don't know. It was good. <laughs> it was probably like, damn, you're like, I really like this. Yeah, I really liked it. But you know, when you do dental technology course, you do a denture, you set up a denture throughout the entire year and mm-hmm. you build a ceramic crown and you finish some metal and that's pretty much it so when you went to school and you went through all the courses and everything that they had to offer how did you land on implants i mean was it an implant school so no you learn every category removable okay. a little bit of implants not much just the basic crown and bridge and then at the end you have to pick what kind of specialty you want to your mm-hmm. internship and I was one of the few that wanted the removable. So I liked the acrylic, this, yeah. the part of setting teeth and processing, while most of other people, they would want crown and bridge. Everyone ceramics. would want ceramics, yes. Yeah. And I was the only one that wanted the dirty clothes and stuff <laughs> all over the place. So that was how I specialized in the removable, but it was not much for, for implants. It was just the basic adventure setups and, and processing. The implants just came once I entered the Malo Clinic, that that's where okay. the, yeah. their specialty was. So I started learning there everything that relates to the implants and this all in four cases. What's wow. it like in Portugal? Do you have to have a degree to be a technician? You don't. Okay. You you don't have to. No, you can just learn in the department. Like, sure. Like here. Mm-hmm. And then when Pablo, I mean, he was a dentist, right? Yes. Okay, so he opened up this clinic or was he just working at this clinic? Or? Yeah, so he found the clinic. So he developed the, the all-on-four treatment concept. That With Nobel? Um, yes, I Okay, yeah. So not, yes, it was um Nobel partnership that they had together somehow. I don't know the yeah. entirely the story, but he developed the, the treatment concept and he was the one pioneer starting doing those type of surgeries. And when I started working there, I actually went straight to the emergency department. That's what we would call it. Oh, that was yeah. for the surgeries because I liked the removable part, the setting teeth and the processing. That's what I started doing there right away. They would have two, three surgeries a day, sometimes double arches, and we would divide by shifts. We would, some would get in uh, eight in the morning, another one at 11 or three, and we would have uh, the surgeries, two, three surgeries during the day. And we just follow up with the case. He would do the surgery, place the implants. We would do initially, and now the techniques and the workflows are different, but initially yeah. was everything after the surgery. So we would have to set the teeth and then try it in and then go back, reset, go back in and then finish it. So it was a long day. So we were kind of divided by shifts. Yes. So the dent- wasn't made before surgery no not oh. at that time, no 
crazy. How do you do a yeah. try-in when someone's all like opened up? And Yes, you would do a partial try-in with the interior six seats just to see the vertical was right. Yes, it was. Wow, you know, we that's low. crazy. At the time, this was back in 2004. So it was the beginning of how to do these things. Of course, now the workflows are different and sure. there's other ways to do it. But at the time, it was trial and error, basically trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and what can we do to kind of reduce time. But at that time, that's how it was. That's crazy. Wow. It doesn't sound like it would work at all, but okay. <laughs> it worked. It just took a, long, <laughs> a little bit of time. <laughs> I'll say. So after the healing and you did the final with the bar, that was still going on, right? Yes. Did that clinic do that work too? Yes. So okay. we will do, yeah, so we, they will do the surgery. We would do the temporary right after. Mm -hmm. And then the patient would have the temporary for uh, four to six months, whatever time yep. for the healing. And then he would come back, final impressions and then... Uh, uh, temporary, uh, not temporary, uh, setup, and then the finals. And this was all Pablo? Like no other dentist was in there or were there other dentists? Um, he had a couple of more associates in, okay. in the building, yes. But I believe he was the surgeon and the other dentist will just um, help with everything else. And how many technicians were doing all this work? Well, I can say that the laboratory at the time, I was number 86 holy so, wow yeah <laughs> we were it wow. was yes it, it was a lot of people different departments he had all kind of departments and i believe that in my department for the surgeries we were probably seven or eight wow <laughs> yes Mm -hmm. Wow. So there are technicians doing other work in there. Yes. yes okay. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yes. It wasn't just that, but uh, that was what he specialized for. And yeah. That's how it grew. That is so cool hearing about the early days of the all on four, you know? Yeah. Like, it's talked about so much on this podcast. So was a patient awake when you went in and did the try-ins? Oh gosh, I can't even remember. I'm sure they were because be they had to, to be able to buy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But, oh, my God, uh, it's been so long ago that I can't even remember entirely. I just remember, you know, going in 11 and then leaving at 8 or 9 and, mm. and all the back and forth with the try-ins and everything. It was pretty chaotic at the time. Yeah, sounds fascinating. That denture looks great as you're drooling. Uh, looks real good. <laughs> <laughs> it got better. Definitely got better. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty major surgery. I would think you'd have some chops to go in there and do that. That's pretty intense. Yes, it was intense. And I guess that's why the, the workflow, they developed different workflows. So now it's a lot better because it was the initial stage. So sure. we had to figure out how to do it and how to improve it. So I take it blood doesn't bother you. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. No, not at all. No. <laughs> I'd be passed out on the side of you. I know. You know, I have I have to I have to be careful because sometimes I'll put some pictures of surgeries and on my Facebook or, or Instagram and then my friends are like, I'm sorry, I can't follow you because it's too much blood. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, I forget. It's gross. <laughs> You're immune to it already. Wow. So then Nobel decides I don't know, they get the FDA clearance and it's like it's time to come to America. No, actually, it wasn't Nobel. It was the clinic himself, Paulo Malo. He wanted to go international himself. Oh. Yes, not Nobel. It just happened that the, the laboratory, it was in the same uh, building as Nobel, but okay. it was not related. He wanted to go international, get out of Portugal. Uh -huh. Not get out, but yeah, <laughs> you expand. Know, expand. Sure. And the United States was the first place, and they invited me to come with another couple. So we were three people, and each person was assigned to a department. So I was on the removable department, and I had the other two. One was for the CAD CAM, and the other one was for the ceramics. So we all three came, and we were supposed to set up the lab, hire people, train them, and mm. then leave. Oh, wow. But um, yes, that was our year contract. It was to set it up, hire contract people, and then disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Go back. Yeah. But uh, that didn't happen. We tried to hire some people at the time, but um, I guess we were... Uh, we couldn't find uh, no one to grow with us. I'm not okay. sure. I can't remember yeah. much 
from that time. Well, we know how hard it is to find good technicians. I mean, yes, oh, yeah. and it was very specific. So it was the laboratory working with outside accounts. So at the time, we were working with outside doctors. We didn't have a clinic. So um, mm, the it. language yeah. was already a little bit of a barrier at the time, I guess. I'm not sure why, but we were okay. We were taking care of the the business, each person in each department. And we never, they never hired anyone. We kept going. And after a year, they wanted to renew the contract. And we kept staying until actually a couple of years later, they decided to, okay, now it's time to open a clinic. They actually opened a clinic. They hired a couple of dentists. They got associates. And then we went from an lab working outside accounts to an in-house lab so at that time we were basically mimicking the Mallow clinic in portugal because we were just working with the accounts from the Mallow clinic here in the united states almost like clear choice now that that's what we were um, at the time but uh when that happened we stopped working with all the outside doctors that we were used to so we were just that in-house lab working with those doctors weren't those dentists upset that their cash cow of all on four conversions and everything Um, were gone because you were the only people doing it in the states right yes but i'm sure they were but elvis asks all the hard questions I'm sure now that they definitely were because, you know, fast forward when I left, I reached out to those doctors and they were really happy to know that I was back into the outside accounts. So, yeah. So how long were you with the American clinic? So I was 11 years. Wow. 11 okay. years. Yes. You know, I stayed with them for 10 on my on for 10 years. And then I had my kids and I start uh, missing some milestones. And I thought, OK, this is not working. Mm. I understood that the problem that we were having is that it was just still one person per department. So all the cases had to go through me, all the removal, either surgeries or finals, they had to go through the removal department. No pressure. No pressure there. But I started feeling guilty, missing some, some things and some events with my kids. And I thought, okay, I never had the idea of working or create a business for myself. I always had that mindset. I want to work eight to five and done with it and have my day. And I don't want to over stress with anything else, but but once I had my kids, that changed. And I thought, okay, this is time. This is not working. If I could only have one, two surgeries a month, I'll be okay. So let me see if that can happen. And that's the, the decision that I took. It still took me a while. It took me almost three years to actually unplug the cord because I was really scared of opening a business here yeah. in the States by myself. And it's sad, but at the time, I didn't know anyone in the industry besides the people that are working. Really? Yes. We were kind of in a little bubble and I didn't know any technicians around. I didn't know any dental laboratory laboratories. Mm-hmm. I knew there was Lab Day Chicago. They wouldn't allow me to go because I had to be there because there was just so much work to do. Oh, yes. So the first thing that I did when I left was Lab Day Chicago. They yeah. asked me yeah. <laughs> 2016. And I have to say it was also depressing because I didn't know anyone. I just went because I wanted to go yeah, and that was in my list for years and it was depressing because I got there I didn't know anyone I would Aww. go to the lectures but then I went <laughs> to my room everyone is at the big bar I don't know anyone oh, yeah. oh my goodness <laughs> yeah the big bars intimidate your first day <laughs> yep, <no. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that that changed that changed and then I start meeting other technicians and and that changed now oh my goodness I love going to to lab day it's, it's amazing yeah oh, absolutely so at what point I know I'm bringing this up again because I'm just so fascinated with this trying during surgery <laughs> when you left were they still doing that uh or at what point did they start showing up to surgeries with a pre-made denture? At what point did that start? Ah, great question. I was curious. I about- think it was here in the States already. Yeah. Yes, I was only there two years before I came. So. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. So I was with them on the, that emergency department for two years. And then when I came to Mawa, we were laboratories. So we were not doing conversions 
very often because we couldn't go to the doctor's offices. Yeah, so I get you. So we were yeah. just basically doing the finals or surgical guides, not much conversions. Only when we moved to the clinic, to the Malo Clinic USA, an in-house lab in the clinic, then we start doing the conversions again. Yeah. So I can only remember from that part, <laughs> that time. <laughs> but at that point, the denture was pre-made. Yes. Yeah. Because you used to make just a denture that would sit over the implants as they healed. They weren't converted. Uh, well, we start converting the dentures, yes. Yeah, interesting. Yes, interesting. only when the bone is not good enough for the load, the implants to, to hold the loading. Mm -hmm. And I had probably sure. three cases within this five years that didn't happen. So Sure, wow. Pretty much all of them are loaded in the same day. It's a good system. <laughs> you left the U.S. Pablo Clinic yeah. and decided to open up your own. How'd you go about doing it? Well, you know, it was pretty much the same thing that I was doing there. I was already doing the surgeries. I was uh -huh. already doing the finals. So why work for them and not work for myself? So <laughs> <laughs> that was basically the decision. It's pretty much the same type of work. Yeah. And instead of being an in-house lab for the Malo Clinic, I'm going to be the in-house lab for the different offices around my area. Yeah. And that's how I kind of started. I set up in my garage nice. because at the time I didn't know better. And that was <laughs> the only thing that I could think of because I was really scared of, am I going to make it? I mean, I don't have any contacts. I don't have any kind of relations with anyone besides the dentists that were in the Malo Clinic and they were working with the Malo Clinic. Mm -hmm. So of course yeah. they're not going to work with me. Mm -hmm. But I had those doctors that I used to work five, seven years ago yep. when we first came here. So I reached out to them and they just spread the word for me and I just start wow. having cases and more cases. Wow. That's fantastic. I was very blessed with the couple, three, four doctors that knew me from my work from the initial years, so the 10 years ago. They vouched for me and they just started spreading the word to their friends and the, the surgeons around the area. And that's how I became a little bit popular at the time. It was everything that. <laughs> so how long were you in your garage for before you grew, you were comfortable <laughs> enough to, to go? Until two months ago. <laughs> oh, really? For you. That's fantastic. So you just made it work, huh? Yes. Yeah. So I was, yes, it took me four years, <laughs> almost yeah, it's four years, 2016. Mm -hmm. So yes, I started in my garage and then I start, you know, I bought a scanner and then I bought a printer and then I did a second computer and then I got another scanner. So I took over, over my office inside the house. So I had my garage that my husband kept complaining about and then <laughs> I had my office and it was chaotic. It was back and forth, back and forth, in and out. But mm -hmm. it was okay because I could handle the work the amount of work that I had, but it got to a point last year that I started getting extremely busy and I needed to get out because I needed to hire people. Mm -hmm. And actually I look, I had a place in mind a year ago, but that didn't work out for other reasons. And it took me a little bit longer to find the right spot because I wanted to be in the same town that is like mm. the two mile radium, super small town, sure. but I wanted to be here close to my kid's school. So I found the perfect, perfect place and I just moved. It took forever, you know, with COVID and everything back order, yeah, yeah. but I just moved in two months ago. So I'm actually right now in the process of hiring because that that's why I got that place. <laughs> So were your kids, like, how, how young are they? So do they hang out with you in the lab? They do. They do. I have uh, two boys. I have twins. They're nine years old. Wow. And they hang out. They don't touch much because they kind of don't like to touch things. But <laughs> they, they tell everyone that mommy's a dentist. It's like, no, I'm not a dentist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's different, yeah. maybe. But, <laughs> but they like it. They, they want to go to the lab. They tell their friends, pass by my mom's lab. But they keep telling them I'm a dentist. So yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Anybody? <laughs> Everybody that we talked to, you know, that's a second generation was, you know, growing up in your parents' lab and watching what they do and learning all about it and being super intrigued. Yes. So, sure. Hopefully, we'll have two more technicians in the world. Yeah, that's eventually. what I was saying. Yeah. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> so, did you say one of the first pieces of equipment you bought was a scanner? 
Yes. So do you do all your removable work digitally? Yes. Really? I do now. Yeah. When I left uh, the Mellow Clinic and I started my little lab, I was completely against digital. Completely. Yeah. And the reason is because, like I said, at the Mellow Clinic, sadly or not, whatever I learned in Portugal and I brought to the United States 11 years ago, mm -hmm. it was the same thing. We were doing pretty much the same thing when sure. I left. So those 10 years, we didn't grow. We didn't change much the workflow. It worked. So it was fine, but we didn't grow in terms of maybe a couple of materials, but the techniques or digital, nothing existed for us or for me. I had yeah. no clue of anything. So when I left, one of my doctors, two, two weeks right after I left, one of my doctors, okay, there's this digital symposium, you should come. And that was in 2016. It was the very first digital symposium that Avident put on. Mm. And one of my doctors, he was really intrigued and he told me to go. And it's like, what is this? Like, mm. oh my God, I just left. I thought I was amazing. I was going to be successful because my work is so great because I use my hands. And now all this digital stuff, what's this? That This is no good. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember I went just to see how bad it was because I didn't believe that that was good. Mm. And I came frustrated. Well, like, what is this? That they're ugly and they're not good. I can do better. I can do faster. And I kept telling my doctors that were intrigued back then, like, no, that doesn't work. No good. I can do it better. And I stayed like that, almost in denial because I was afraid that was going to be against my job, my work. Yeah. So it took me a while, maybe two years in. And then I started getting busier and I had to find a way. I couldn't hire anyone because I was still in my garage. So how can I be more productive without, you know, killing or telling my accounts that I can't take to work or make sure that I do everything on time. So I started looking at digital in a different perspective. So mm -hmm. I kind of embraced it a little bit instead of yeah. being against it. And it worked out fine. I got the scanner. And I start just digitalizing the models and start doing the dentures digitally because it was the only way at the time that it could save me time to keep up with all the, the cases that I was having in the lab. So did you get three shape or? No. So the scanner was the DOF. Yeah. scanner and it's yeah, amazing yes three shape i didn't even know what three shape was i just knew that it was really expensive at the time <laughs> still is <laughs> yes <laughs> so i got the dof it was open and it's a great scanner i still use it today eventually i also got a second scanner the ls3 from nobel because i was doing all the bars with them so mm -hmm. i got that one so i had two scanners and then eventually i got a printer and lately i just bought an interoral scanner too so wow <laughs> i'm getting all the little <laughs> gadgets <Wow>. <laughs> not so little but <laughs> so that dof what does that use exocad then yes okay i only got exocad this year actually so you can get the software with the scanner without any design software because the reason that i wanted a scanner was basically to just scan the models have them articulated or the dentures and being able to submit the STL files. Because at the time I had no clue about designing. I didn't want to do that. So somebody else was designing them. Yeah. So I was oh. using Avident. Oh yes. yeah. Cause they do it all. Yeah. They yeah. do it all. So that was my kind of my way out because I could just scan the, the models or the setups, whatever, send it to them. They would do an initial design. I would mm -hmm. get the review, change it on the cloud and mm -hmm. then I would approve it and they would just process everything. So I was still controlling the design, but I didn't have to worry with the processing, sure. the flasking and, and setup and all that. So that's how I started. I started sending everything to Avadin because it was just easy. It was just scan, submit, approve, receive the product. Yeah. So they would do the denture for you, send it to you, and then you would try it in the mouth. And then I would have the denture ready for the day of the surgery to yeah. do the conversion. Yes. Wow. That's pretty smart of you. How the heck did you learn how to change everything, though, in the design? Did you have them come in and train you? Uh no, I kind of learned one of my doctors, that one that took me to the, <laughs> to that symposium, the evidence symposium, mm -hmm. got the software and he kind of teach me a little bit. And it's pretty simple to use once you're there. 
it's it's pretty you know how to set teeth so it's basically just move the teeth back and forth lingual buckle and it's pretty simple once you get used to it a couple of tries and you're good yeah i was gonna say how was your learning curve it sounds like it was pretty quick it was pretty quick yes once you have the knowledge of how to set teeth in the articulator i think it's pretty simple i mean i got exocad now yeah so how's that learning curve it was okay i had a really good teacher and uh, I already knew a couple of things because for the last two years, every time I went, I go to Lab Day Chicago, I was between three shape and exocad. Yeah. All my lectures were three shape, exocad, exocad, three shape. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much. How do I decide where to go? There's things that you can do better in three shape. There's things that are easier in exocad. How do you go with this? And uh, I decided to go with exocad because I felt that I knew a little better how to work with the the software and another one of my doctors i'm so blessed with my doctors are amazing mm. another one of my doctors had exocad so he will come here i'll teach you and you can play here i'll, I'll let you know how it goes or how, how the case is set up and then eventually i got my own wow and you're printing at your lab what are you printing on i have an asiga a nice Sega Max. Yeah. yes and i love it i initially i got another type of printer just to get my hands wet but it didn't work that well because i kept having misprints i had no clue how to do things and the the layers and the the supports it was just kind of in the air i had no knowledge at all and still i I don't have much but the the (laughs) software of the sega makes it so easy that i don't need to kind of think much about what should i do here or there once the settings are there it's pretty easy to to run and of course i also have friends that help me whenever i get stuck so <laughs> sure it's very common for labs to start with one printer and then yes. you find your favorite printer after you've done the trial and error on the other <laughs> printer yes. and no one ever mentions they just say the other printer <laughs> the other <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> sometimes we do a few others before we get to the good one so how many conversions are you doing a month a week uh it's more month yeah this month was crazy i had 16 well i still have two others next week until the, say, the month's not over <laughs> but it's not over so this month is going to be 16 so this was my craziest month normally wow. is between 8 and 12 mm-hmm. 12 being my biggest amount of conversions in one month but this one it just killed it 16 that's uh, huge very yes yeah, actually last week it was one on friday a double arch on saturday a double on monday a double on tuesday and i was oh like my oh my god, god i need to go back to the lab <laughs> <laughs> i remember it was hard to schedule this conversation yes. <laughs> you're like nope got a double nope <laughs> <laughs> so what are you looking for you said you were looking to hire what what exactly are you looking to hire for so I'm looking to hire someone that can just do the simple stuff, the scanning, the printing, the assembling, things that they don't need to know about design. I, it's really hard to find someone like a removal technician that can set teeth and design. And I put ads to in school, in the school here in New York City and here in New York, they have a program for dental technology mm-hmm. and there's nothing, uh, no one applies. So I wanted to just start with someone that could easily just scan the models. That's pretty easy and simple. Scan, mm-hmm. import to the software uh, or, or to the cloud, align them, printing, clean up the prints, basic stuff that anybody can learn. You don't need that much of a learning uh, at the beginning because it's simple things, but it's things that take me away from the design and and the surgeries. Every time I go for surgery, it's it's a day out of the the lab. I need someone there to kind of, if five cases, new cases come in, I need someone to just scan them and have them ready for me to design. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great way for someone to get in the business too. Yeah. Yes. You'll learn so, quickly. <laughs> yes. So you're not working an eight-hour day. There's no way. Are you working on the weekends too? Uh, no, I do. I have a surgery once in a while on a Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. but I do not work on the weekends. No, I Good. have that time for my family. Yeah. But lately, it's just it's really hard to get anesthesia into it. It's not just me. It's the oral surgeon. It's the patient. It's me. Mm. It's the anesthesiologist. So sometimes it's so hard to get all four that, oh, I can only do it on a Saturday. Like, uh, okay. It's not every week, every month. So it's okay. But you're not just doing the dentures for conversion. You're also doing 
the finals for the conversions you did four to seven months ago. Correct. Wow. That's, wow. I mean, that's a lot of work. Yes. That's what's been killing me yeah. <laughs> lately <laughs> because it's easy to have whatever 10, 15 surgeries a month. You just schedule, you go, and it's pretty easy to just have the denture because I don't process it. I have it. I just design, but then is five months from now, I'm going to have another let's say five surgeries, but I, then I have the 16 finals that I need to process and move yeah. along. So that's, I, I believe that's why I'm, I got so busy this year because last year, even with COVID, it, it, it was pretty busy. Like right after uh, the quarantine and everything lifted, it just came like crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's surprising to me. I yes. mean, during those times, people were willing to be under under the knife you know? <laughs> so yeah speaking of under the knife can you kind of like take us through a surgery and like what do you do and what's that like for you and and how long is it and what's the process oh everybody sure. likes to talk about how long it takes for them to do a conversion <laughs> i really don't know i'm, I'm super curious 20 you know, minutes I- <laughs> well, you can have one done in 20 minutes because really, <laughs> but seriously, there's new techniques in the market now that you make it, you can make it that fast. Wow. So initially I'll have the denture ready and most of my surgeons or, or, or prosthodontics, they do it freehand. They don't use surgical guides. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they freehand the placement. So they'll remove the teeth, do the bone reduction that needs to be done, place mm-hmm. the implants place the abutments. I help them with the position. Some are pretty okay with me not even being there because sure. they know mm-hmm. what to do. Some and you've done are, enough of them with them. Yes. Some others like, ah, oh, I prefer you to be there. So I have to go a little earlier. So sometimes I'll spend two, three hours in the office. Sometimes I'll spend six or seven. It really depends who's doing the yeah. surgery and how comfortable they are. If it's a really experienced surgeon, but then the restorative is not, then I have to walk them through step by step and i do get a lot of those a lot of um a lot of new doctors that either they never did a case like this or they only did one and something went wrong and they were afraid to try doing it again so i kind of walk them through step by step make them comfortable and uh with the gp Yes. Mm-hmm. So yes. with the final impression and the bite block trying. So and this is just in. a the surgery. So oh. a yeah, surgery. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Come on, Elvis. Oh, Slow down. Sorry. We're still at the <laughs> surgery. <laughs> yeah. So no, this is all the surgery day. So we place the implants, the abutments, and then I kind of walk them through the process of the conversion, how to do it if they never did it, or if we're mm-hmm. using a new technique. So initially, like for the last four years or more when I was at the other lab, but the conversion was making holes on, on the palate and see where the implants are in the related with the teeth, make mm-hmm. some holes, pick up the cylinders and then finish everything up. But now there's a new technique, smart conversion system that it's different from that. You don't need to make holes on the denture. You just basically, you just use it it's just like locators. They're small tie bases with a special screw that you huh. just, yes. So you, it's amazing. I started working with it a year and a half ago and I've been using it every time I can because it's just amazing. You connect the tie bases they are a lot shorter than the cylinders mm-hmm. and you basically just need to make sure that your denture is passive on top of those tie bases that normal, most of the times are because Mm -hmm. you have the proper bone reduction done so Mm -hmm. you always have that free space in there and then you just inject acrylic all around you seat it and that's how you pick it up almost like a locator and the way that it works you pop it once the acrylic is set you pop Mm -hmm. the denture and then there's a set of burrs and the the entire system to walk to go through to open the holes in the denture and finishing it up, but you don't have to go back and forth, making sure that the denture is passive through the cylinders. You can, wow. you can just seat it, it's passive, pick up and then go to the lab. So actually you can get a conversion done in 20 minutes, as quick, the pickup sometimes is as quick as 20, 10 minutes, adjust the denture, seat it, inject the acrylic, lift and finish. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so you do them I- indirect. Direct. No, we do it. No, in the you back. direct. That's what I meant. You do them direct. Yeah, Correct. I'm going to edit yes. that out. I sound like an idiot. So you do it direct. What is that system called again? You said the smart 
venture conversion. And who makes that? Is that from Nobel? Uh, no, uh, that is actually a doctor, Dr. Brandon Crawford. He's in uh, wow. North Carolina. Yes, he developed the system. Interesting. How did you find out about that? Was one of your docs? Yes. Turn you to that? Yes, yes. One of my doctors, well, one of the doctors that I know from my study club, he was using the system and he told me about it. He was actually one of the pioneers testing the system. Mm-hmm. And he told me there's this system, you do it like this, and there's tie bases. But when he said tie base, you imagine the tie bases for ceramic. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was there's picturing. No grooves, yeah. right? So there's yep. no grooves. Like, and the first thought is like, nah, tie bases, no way. They're, they're short, they're tiny, they're not going to pick up. If the implant is slightly into the gums, how are you going to pick that up? Like, the, there's no way. So sure. he just mm-hmm. mentioned tie bases, and I'm like, okay. No, I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but then he told me, no, seriously, it's just come. I'm going to have a conversion next week. You come and you see it. And then I saw it and like, it blew my mind. It's just so easy. So clean. So because you don't destroy the denture, there's no holes. There's no, the, yeah. the occlusal of the teeth are intact. It's just a tiny hole. It's, it's, it's perfect. Yes. It makes sense. I mean, it, it yes. really does. You Drill a hole, try it in. Drill a hole, try it in. Make the yes. hole bigger, try it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, trying to align that's got to be a... assuming, yes. Because it also depends how the surgeon angulates those abutments. Sometimes they're in a way that, not ideally, but that's the only way they can go. And you have to make wide holes to make sure that it passively feeds through all four oh, yeah. or five. So this just avoids, yes, this. So then you found out about that system. So basically you brought that system to your doctors that you have now? Yes. Awesome. Yes. That's brilliant. So that makes your life a lot easier and their life a lot easier. Yes. And actually Dr. Coffer was nice enough to give me a code for a $50 discount. So my doctors get happy. Mm. <laughs> They're happy with the discount. So at least to try it out. So mm-hmm. um, we go from there. I buy it at first. And I bring it to the office because if I tell them there's this system, you have to buy it. Like they, they don't go with that. They're comfortable yep. with what they're doing. So yep. I get the system and I bring it to the office. I show it to them. I show them pictures or videos from uh, conversions they already did. And I kind of explain, okay, let's try. And then from that on, they're hooked and they buy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. the way I, I just bring it to the office because it's just easier to see the parts than, oh, there's this new thing. Go buy it and then we'll test it. Yeah. The proof is in a pudding. And if you bring it to them, it's so much easier for them to sink into it, especially when they see how it works. Yes. Smart woman. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. I see you're associated with Digital Dental Craftsman. When did that yes. happen? So that happened when they started. So Sander Polanco, one of the the owners, he's actually 20 minutes from me. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes, we are very close. And us Midwesterners don't realize how close (laughs) New Jersey is to New York City. Yes, he's in New York, but I'm like, I'm 20 minutes from the city. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, so he's really close from me. So, like I mentioned, the first year when I went to Lab Day, I didn't know anyone. So Mm. it was very depressing because, oh my God, I went for the meetings, but that's it. I didn't know how to talk with people or interact because I didn't know anyone. So a meeting happened in August that year that was for the DPG. Then oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah. So I knew that a girl from Brazil was going to be there. And, you know, Brazil, Portugal, we interact. And I yeah. start talking to her. And she was like, I'm, I'm going to be a DPG. You come. And then I introduce you to people like, okay, so there I'll do go. that because yeah. that's what I need. And yeah. she did. I went there. And I met her and I met Sander and I met everyone else that was there. And it was amazing from that moment, every, you know, come Chicago 2017, I already knew a lot more people. I was a lot more confident with with talking and going to the bar by myself (laughs) (laughs) and and find people. So yes, that, that changed. Yes. with, With that meeting. So (laughs) <laughs> and they saw your amazing skill and asked you to be an instructor, right? Yeah, so I know Sander since then. So we are close uh, from each other. Oh my goodness, my brain. We are close to each other. So I knew that he was here right by mm-hmm. me. So we started meeting up and I went to his lab and uh, we start exchanging information and uh, techniques. And he showed me his three-shape 
workflow. And I was like, oh my goodness, you're a genius. And then two weeks later, I would ask him again how it's done because I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but we kind of developed a relationship. So when they founded the Digital Dental Craftsman, he knew that I was very into the conversions and yeah. that was my everyday work and he wanted me to do to be an instructor yes we actually had some courses scheduled before covid mm -hmm. uh we had a couple scheduled but uh we had to cancel everything so hopefully we schedule those again because now that i have my new lab we're going to use it for uh training as well small training because it's not that big but we're going to use that for courses as well. So for conversion training and stuff. Yes. That's what we're going to focus on. That's great. Yes. The industry needs it. Um, yes. It's, it's so big right now. Correct. And the thing is, I'm also looking forward in the direction of digital conversions as well. Mm. So I am okay with the regular conversions, let's say traditional way, either traditional with the cylinders or with this new system. Yeah. But, you know, digital dentistry is growing and new doctors want to use digital. And I invested, that's why I got my intraoral scanner. So what I do is I'll go for surgery. We still do the traditional conversion mm -hmm. in the office, but I'll bring my intraoral scanner. I will scan the conversion. I'll scan a quick model and I have all the information. So if something goes wrong for some reason, or if the patient goes away and needs another restoration, I can easily just duplicate a new one or redesign if something went wrong and have, I have, I bring all the records and that's why digital is amazing. Digital, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's amazing that at the time years ago, I kind of objected about it, uh, against it, but yeah. uh, I bring all the information. If I have to change or reproduce something, I just have everything that I, I need to do that. And yeah, so you can just replicate it. Yes. And looking forward, I also bought already, I'm just waiting for it. I bought the PIC system. And oh, is, wow. Yes. Yeah, so my vision is going, not only, you know, you have the old doctors that they are comfortable with this process. They don't want to change. They don't want to know about digital yeah. at all. They don't want to hear about intraoral scanners. They will never buy one. So there's no point to change the workflow for those mm -hmm. doctors because they're comfortable with what they are. And I'm comfortable with that technique too. That's what I've been doing for Important. 16 years. Yeah. So mm -hmm. why change? And that was my thought. If I'm opening my own lab, why am I going to be a full service? I, that's not what I do. I don't do dentures. I don't do, re well, I'll do a repair here and there if it's one of my doctors, but I don't do partials. I don't do crown and bridge. I don't do anything of that because I don't feel like I have the time or I, I just don't want to. I just nice. want to focus yeah. on the full art because yeah. that's what I've been doing my entire life. Why change? Why get more when I can't handle it? But looking to the full large spectrum, I want to be able to offer the new technology also for the new doctors. There's a big implant center by me that they train doctors every day and they need someone that trains in digital technology and for the conversions with all the new techniques, the, the, the PIC system, the intraoral scanners, the, the new printers in the market that you can print, convert everything digitally and print in the same day without having to do the media load in the mouth. That is something that there a lot of them are wanting to to get into so i'm looking ahead and just preparing myself to get into that field as well so i'm waiting for my pick system that should be here soon to start developing those digital workflows to new doctors and even doctors that are like an hour away and most of my doctors they like to do immediate load the same day but uh -huh. there's some offices that they want to do a delay they want to do it yeah. the next day I don't understand why I keep asking. I have a lab three hours from me that they asked me to come and kind of help them set up to do the conversions. And I told them, why would you do it the next day? It's two days for the same patient that I, I can't help you like that. If it's yeah. the same day, I can, but two days I can't do that. But the doctors wanted, they prefer that way. Like, okay, that's their workflow. How can you? Right. And I ask, like, it has to be a reason. It takes too long. Yeah. Okay. If it takes too long, why? I always ask those questions ahead. Why is it taking too long? Maybe the technique is not 
well, I don't want to say it's not right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe there's ways to make it faster. It really depends how it's done. So we need to, to go back and kind of follow step by step to see what we can change. But some offices, they don't really want to change. So, okay, so how can we work with those offices if they want it the next day? All right, we get an internal scanner, we get the system, we do the search, we capture all the information, we come back to the lab, someone designs, prints, and send it to the office the next day. So, okay, it worked. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so let's work on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like how at least my mind changed two, three years ago. I was completely against digital, only analog, nothing else works. And now, I'm developing just because I, I'm accepting the fact that everything is going yeah. towards that direction. I don't want to stay behind. I want to go ahead. Yeah. You didn't just accept it. You got no. deep into it. I got deep and I <laughs> and I'm going all in. <laughs> so do you like being an instructor? I, I oh. do like it. <laughs> so I like it because I get really comfortable. I feel that this case is... You cannot get into the all on four just with the money in your mind. You have to mm -hmm. care about the patient. You have to develop a relationship with your doctors and the entire team. And the workflow is just as good as the relationship that you have with everyone mm. else. Because, oh, yeah. Beautifully put. Right. Because you can learn the workflow on YouTube. You go to, to YouTube and, okay, this is how you do the conversion. You make some holes, you do this, and that's it. It's yep. not like that. You have to look at the how you set up your denture, having the end product in your mind. You have to be able to look at the case and say, okay, I need two extra millimeters of bone reduction for this case. And you need to tell the surgeon that, and the surgeon has to accept it. Or yeah. come back to you and say, we can do this way. Okay, so I'm going to open the vertical dimension. What do you think about that? So you have to have all this kind of relationship that I think is crucial for this type of cases. And unfortunately, I see this not happening everywhere. And it saddens me because patients pay a lot of money for this cases. You should be able to give it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, absolutely. It's like when there's a case, it's not like, okay, call the lab to pick up the case. It's call Dora, we need to talk about this case. So mm. it's different. It's the way that you put these cases together to benefit the overall patient treatment. So I like the instruction part to be the instructor because I can walk through the workflow pretty easy. I've been doing it for so long that I feel that it's one, two, three. And sometimes I have to stop myself. Even when I have new doctors calling, they'll ask me, okay, so how does it work? And I start talking and I don't know, maybe I'm talking too fast right now, <laughs> but I talk like it's a game because it's so fluent. I've been doing it for so long and sometimes, ho, 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 hold on. Like I'm lost, like go back to the beginning because I get into it because it's so one, two, three for me is I don't have to think about anything anymore, basically. So I like the part that I can teach that to other people to kind of benefit more the overall treatment for the patient also, mm -hmm. because I see a lot of cases that I have some doctors, okay, we have this patient, they did a surgery somewhere else. Where can we help this patient? And, oh. and it sads me because I have to say, I'm sorry, we can help you. Because mm -hmm. if they don't have that foundation, if they don't understand the, the principles of these cases, then it doesn't work. There's not much you can do at the end. I bet you, yep. you see a lot of botched uh, yes. conversions. Yes. And the problem is not just the conversions, it's the finals. Because if you don't have your conversion done the right way, and it's not the conversion per se, it's not the act of converting the denture, it's all the planning that comes before. Yeah, because absolutely. Yeah. Setting teeth for a denture to be converted if we're talking about the traditional way, mm -hmm. yep. it's completely different than setting teeth for a denture. Hmm. So if you don't realize that, then you just set your teeth where you have some space. If you don't encounter that you need bone reduction, that the teeth need to be on top of the ridge, not on the buckle of it, 
mm-hmm. or that you have to look at the the occlusion in a different way or the pictures you have to see the exaggerated smile you have to see if the patient is showing too much gum if you have to open the vertical because maybe the patient doesn't have much teeth left and the vertical collapse with the ears so there's so much that you have to put into planning that i feel that is overpassed like you don't pay attention to that and more than conversion now if you plan it right even if the conversion is kind of like ah the hole is too big the colors don't match it's okay you can fix the final but if you don't place your teeth in the right position you're gonna place the implants and the abutments based on that tooth position yeah so if that tooth position is wrong the implants or the abutments are going to be placed wrong after that's done nobody's going to change the abutments okay maybe they will but most likely they don't. So the yeah. patient suffers at the end. Do you require to be in the beginning with all the ones that you do? You won't just walk in without a patient you haven't had some sort of record from, right? Um, I, I did that twice. And <laughs> Never again. Never again. <laughs> because they, they, I had this doctor that somehow I was having a, a conversion in this oral surgeon's office. And another surgery was going on, but somehow the technician didn't show or couldn't show, was sick or something. And this doctor asked me if I could help. Of course, I can help. And it was not set up properly. It was very thin. It didn't break, but there was a chance to break because it was so thin and Mm -hmm. poorly made. It's not because the material was not the right one. It's just you have to give it thickness because you're going to open holes on the denture and you need to make sure that whatever acrylic or material you add to the denture to be a temporary is going to bond to it. So mm-hmm. I end up spending three more times the material that I normally do and the, the frustration and the bite wouldn't close. And that's something that I couldn't just fix because I didn't plan the case. So at the end, it's like, ah, it's, kind of okay <laughs> we'll fix it during the final that's right. what i used to but, say <laughs> yeah that's what they say but i look at it like i i messed up i didn't do my best but it wasn't really me the denture was done somewhere else i just yeah. work with what i have but i don't like to do that so yeah. i refuse to do that or if the doctor wants to use the denture that the patient already has for some reason maybe um you know to save some money or because it was done somewhere else and it's already done and now the patient is changing their minds to denture from a denture to fix a hybrid mm-hmm. i'll use it only if i can have the records and see how the tooth position is related to the bone yeah i couldn't imagine doing one where you don't make the denture Yes, because you have no clue. I don't know how the articulate, how the bite is. Yeah. I don't know how, where the midline should go. I don't know what type of class relationship the, the dentition is. I, it's just kind of in the air. If it's wrong, if you hold that in the palate and it's off, how do you fix it? I don't know. I didn't set it. I don't know where it should oh. go. You do your best, of course, but. We'll fix it in the final. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, going back to instructor, the problem that I have is anxiety (laughs) i'm very okay talking to you talking to a group of people if i have i can have 15 people around me in a bar or it doesn't need to be a bar but in a in a in a room and i'm fine talking like this but if i have to be in the podium and everybody's quiet looking at me i get so much anxiety that i you can feel my voice start shaking and, and oh my god, I need some water. I I need a break. <laughs> Two minutes in. <laughs> totally. But that's why we do it. We do it small, small yep. courses now. So yes. that gets. <laughs> and you build yes. on it. Yes. Yep. Awesome. Well, Dora, that hour went by amazingly fast. That I is know. some awesome stuff you're awesome. doing. Um, yep. We did a lot of conversions in the lab I w- used to be at. And I just love it. And I think it's great what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think as long as you know and you put your heart into it, it's amazing to see the, the transformation of the patient, the before and mm-hmm. after. And that's what I like about these cases because I'm there. And it's not just in one office, I have different offices and the patients 
call and they, they, I, I need a technician's number. I need to say thank you. Like in the doctor, you don't have to, like, she's going to come here next. <laughs> You're going to see her again because I also go to the office later on for the finals. I also interact a little bit more with the patient. The little surgery, they don't remember me. Like when yeah. they see me at the finals, like this is Dora. She was there the day of the surgery. I don't remember, like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she made your teeth, like, oh, now I know. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So it's, it's great to have that relationship with the patient. And they know, they know, and the doctors, the entire team working towards that goal of making the patient happy, That that's the best of, of this kind of cases. That's why I, I, I love it, yes. And that's why you only do those. That's why I only <laughs> do those, yes. <laughs> Well, Dora, we appreciate you, you coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next time you're in Lab Day Chicago, there's two more friends you can run into. Yeah, I yep. know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thanks so much and have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. All righty. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was awesome. A big thanks to Dora for coming on our show. It's super great to hear your success story, going from a technician on a lonely trip to Lad Day to now you're speaking on stage. Everybody knows you and you know everybody. So congratulations and thank you for being on our podcast. Everyone should look to see when you will be presenting or teaching next because you are one of those that not only teaches but you also do it technically every day. So I'm sure that you're an amazing teacher. So good luck to you as you continue to grow. And again, thank you for being on Voices of the Bench. Voices from the Bench. Voices from the Bench. (laughs) I said Voices of the Bench. Wow. You know, a lot of people say that. That's great. I rudely correct them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye. See ya. I sat down and recorded for 40 minutes. Good. Bullshit.